0: there's the only place we're actually adding context and capturing the richness of the story is maybe a little bit social media. And that is not a, you know, any the, the purpose of that business is not to save your stories. Um, and so it ha- certainly has a time and place, but it is not what you're gonna pull off the shelf in 20 years to show your kids.
1: Welcome to Startup Build, a show where we discuss what it's like to build a tech startup and a startup ecosystem in a small city. I'm Mike Wolsfeld, our host is Dan Gold, and today we're talking with Jessica McNaughton of Memory Keeper. After years as a successful executive leader, Jessica ventured off on her own to try and solve a problem near and dear to her heart, keeping people's stories alive. Thanks to this digitization, we now create stories in entirely different ways and Jessica identified a need for creative solutions for how we keep and pass on these stories. We talked with Jessica about the mission of Memory Keeper, how they're marching forward to change the way that we create and keep our memories. Welcome to Startupville. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Place and Martin Charlton Communications. Jessica, thank you so
2: much for joining us here on Startupville.
0: It is a pleasure to be here.
2: So um, explain to me how you got into this space of tech, because I understand that your background isn't necessarily directly tech related.
0: That is 100% correct. Um, Some call it a midlife crisis, some call it uh, luck. No, I, you know, I worked corporate Canada for my many years, 20 some years, and um, had a lot of great people. I worked with a lot of great opportunities, um, learned from some of the best and got to midway through my career and, and knew, you know, I always knew I wanted to do something different and something that was my own and was doing my MBA for the first time ever really had a boss. I wasn't, super aligned with. And I took that as the opportunity to say, okay, now's the time. I always had excuses in my way, wait to pay for the house or the car, the kids' education and all that I'd taken care of. And so it was time. And getting into tech, eh, uh, I didn't have a ton of experience in technology. I'd overseen some technology departments or projects um, in my corporate career. And so it was really more... That I'm a dreamer, and I had an idea. And when I started talking to other people, they said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, this is also good." And it wasn't just the people, like you know, that have to say that because they love you. <laughs> um, and we had a need, so we, you know, it was founded from we had some problems um, keeping media. I've lost some people, and I wanted to make sure I found a way to to retain what I had of them and be able to keep stories alive beyond, you know, when we are alive. And so it created the need for me to make this product
2: so you hit this period in your life where there was this opportunity to go, what am I doing? Or now's the time or yeah. whatever it is. There's there's still a, an element of stress, self-doubt. Is this the right thing that you inevitably would face? Yeah. So was it an, a number of contributing factors? The fact of the alignment with the person that you're working with, along with, do I want to do this with the rest of my life? Was there an element, which was, I'm so established in this career at this stage in my life, that if it all goes sideways, stuff it, I can go back to this because I know I'm that good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There was was a point where I thought, gee, I could spend some time looking for another J-O-B, and I know I'll be able to get one. Um, I've been on a high performer list of every company I've ever worked at. I wasn't worried about going and doing a good job at the stuff I'd done. So it was the time to gamble. But for certain, the first at least six, eight months was probably how long will I do this um, before I have to tune up my resume and go get another J-O-B. And then there was a point somewhere not that long ago, like in the last probably three, four months, where it, I, I stopped thinking that way. Thank God I woke up the morning. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm here now. I'm confident. It's going to work. We have a product We have people who want to use it. And I'm no longer thinking about how this looks on the resume when I have to go apply for my next job.
2: So one of the things you just mentioned was the fact of, um, and, and sometimes it isn't the easiest thing to talk about or, or to be, it sometimes needs to be something that you're treat delicately when you when you deal with this is when you've got a sounding board and when it's the people that love you the most are potentially an echo chamber which can lead to decline and failure Mm -hmm. how did you select how what was your process for finding people who were objective to what you wanted to do rather than because they love you saying yeah 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 this is a great idea
0: yeah, you know, it was probably a combination of me getting to the point where I felt it in my own heart and didn't care what anyone thought a little bit. And also, um, you know, we've worked through an incredible uh, incubator at the Connexus Cultivator. And the very first phase of what you do at the very first start of I Have a Concept is is customer inquiries and I talked to about 50 people I didn't know in this space and some of them said yes I would definitely use this and some of them said can you talk to my mom and so you know can you talk to my this can you talk to my that oh can we use it for this Um, and and it really started to shape what the market need was but also start to validate that people that didn't have a stake in this were telling me that they were interested and in and I was onto something and as much as I, you know, I don't want to seek external validation for a lot of things for your business ideas and your market fit, it's critically important.
2: So as Mike said, Memory Keeper is, is what you landed on. From your initial idea prior to this sounding board stage in this consultation, mm-hmm. listening to the marketplace, how similar was the original idea to what you actually launched in alpha and beta testing?
0: Yeah. Um, You know, pretty similar. I started with this for a couple of reasons. One, I've lost both my parents. Um, Two, I lost a niece at the age of 15. And you want to talk about an age that captures their life um, in such a rich, multidimensional way. That is the age, Um, you know, and so I learned a lot of lessons in that space about just loss and wanting to be able to have pieces of someone. Um, but I also kept books for both my kids and I have letters from both my parents in them to my kids, you know, that are really cherished now. And so it actually started with this mother capture story space. Um, and very quickly started talking to some young parents and we do have a, a following of young parents that are using us, but a lot of them were like, can you talk to my mom? Because she's got all these old pictures as well as the stories from her parents and from us as kids. And, you know, it became bigger. And so I think Who we started talking to shifted um, and how they use it a little bit has shifted. But the actual core product um, is very similar. You capture a story, you have mixed media that you can capture it with. We want you to be able to have a voice, um, a a recording still and moving picture. Um, All those things were in the original concept, but who we're talking to and who started using it first was probably what shifted more. The other thing that, and maybe COVID helped with this, that shifted, that's been a really nice feature is we have, you have a unique QR code assigned to each memory keeper that you make. And so people can easily contribute at events too, by scanning a QR code and then contributing. And we've had a lot of fun with weddings of all things, the old disposable camera on the table sort of concept. And that wasn't something that we had initially come up with. That was something that through customer discovery, we recognized we kind of need more than just a a website and a link to share. We want something that can engage in a couple different forums.
2: So when it comes to uh, the original concept, you've got the idea, you've you've got these moments where you've iterated, you've added elements to the product. Were there any elements that you actually removed or functions that you originally intended to have that you removed because very often when it's going through this process, the you either find something doesn't work really quickly and you get rid of it or you find it it remains as a part of a product and it just through general usage is less and less popular and then it's farmed out is there anything that's been taken off
0: well i wouldn't we didn't necessarily take it off but we did reprioritize a couple of things in regards to the digital sharing um so we we accelerated the ability to export from social media into a memory keeper as just the market itself is demanding that more people are getting less comfortable with how much they have on there and that it's the only place to that they're storing a lot of their stories. Um, And we did delay what was meant to be uh, kind of the the show that comes after it, recognizing that a lot of people who are using this weren't using it to export a one-time product and be done. They're using it to capture their stories and continue to revisit. So we had on our original you know, roadmap uh, exported ability to create this almost mixed media movie um, really early in the stage. And we actually still don't have it. We have a portal where you can view it all or you can export it into like slideshow. Um, like, so we actually, it's on the feature map and it will be coming soon. But we bumped that quite a ways back when we started working with users who said, actually, I just want to go to the link and see it.
2: Right. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So you create, you've had this idea, you you do the jump, you make that leap. Um, what was the next step in this? Were you truly solo? Did you work with people? I mean, not having a tech background, I take it that you had to bring in technical expertise as well. Um, how did you find someone to align with? Because that's clearly very important.
0: Yeah, that was... Uh... That was quite a journey, to be honest, because um, there were people that were further along. You know, there were people in in the ecosystem and in the space that were competing for talent that were further along with their idea, probably with the amount of money they had to put towards it, um, with their experience in the industry. And so I started talking to some people, technical people. Um, and one specifically, who Taylor, Taylor Fox, who is now our CTO and co-founder, um, with this concept. And quite frankly, I thought it was a long shot because I knew there were other startups that were talking to her. Um, and I knew they were further along and they had deeper pockets or, you know, a number of other things. You always kind of talk yourself out of yourself at first. but um, But it was the idea and the fact that she she saw herself in this idea. She had the skill. She didn't have the idea. She's a highly nostalgic person. And she, the idea really just resonated with her. And, you know, that's something we've carried through. So once Taylor started working with me, and then we, you know, start with a couple students and then finally a full-time staff and um, is we've carried through is when I interview people um, and they come back to me and they say, Oh, you know what I was thinking we could do and that and you could you just know they're in, and you know that's a memory keeper person um because it hits their heart. this is a heart product, this is not you know uh. I mean, it's going to be a dollars and cents project, too. We're going to make some money at it. But um, but what draws people in is the idea of being able to keep really rich, meaningful stories, everyday moments um, alive and be able to reflect on them and enjoy them or cherish them. And so getting those people was harder. Um, you probably, you know, we probably talked to a lot more people that didn't come back with a, we could do this, or we should do this. Or I really like when we, um, kind of statements, but the ones that we've got that do that, man, are they in and are they committed?
2: Uh, it, it, there's something about, um, alignment of human beings as people and, and their own values, their own ethos. Coming into a company, being a part of a collaboration or a partnership, or a, you know whatever the structure is for any organization, uh, it's very easy to get a lot of high achievers in. But they're you know the motivation is very different compared to people that truly do get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you an example of a reason why this story is important to me and why I appreciate what you are doing. Um, I was speaking to my father today, he's 82 years old, and um, uh, we were discussing family memories. And I know that, so my father exclusively shot photographs on slides for 40 years. There are 40 (sighs) years worth of slides, all in slide boxes with 20 boxes, with 20 in each I can picture them. Yeah. And we used to have the old manual-style projector with the slide-in, slide-out. Then he upgraded um, to a carousel slide display, <laughs> one with an integrated screen, and the noise of the fan and the hum and the projector on the wall. And I look at all these and, sure, the the boxes are marked. And there's all my, all my um, you know, birthday parties from when I was young, all the fancy dress and all of this. And it's like... Okay, this is really cool, but I don't know who any of the people are anymore because I've got terrible memory. Right. Um, but then there's mm-hmm. the there's the uh, you know the the case from the loft with all the photographs that's in it from my parents, my mum, the grandparents, and the photographs that have been handed down. You're lucky if occasionally there's a name written on the back and a date. Rarely, yep. uh, you're. I don't think we've got a single compiled album of anything and bear in mind my dad was a professional photographer so <laughs> great at shooting them archivist terrible yeah. truly terrible <laughs> so we've been talking about this and in fact we're starting to record some um we're using uh just straight interview because yeah. it's what i do um, yeah. to capture some stories mm-hmm. and memories and just hear dad saying them and watch him see them at the same time he's in england four and a half thousand you know miles away from where i'm sat Mm -hmm. right now so it's anything anything that's beyond you know um beyond the written word i mean people will hear me say that a lot i like the idea of a photograph but the context the story behind it Mm -hmm. when who why who was this uh you know, of this group of five people playing Canasta or whatever they would be playing. Do five people play Canasta? I don't even know. <laughs> okay. um, maybe four. It makes more sense. Um, but, but like, I can see my grandparents and I think that's an uncle and auntie, but who's the other person? Mm-hmm. Who may or may yep. not be there, depending on whether Canasta needs five yep. people. I'm sure there's people are going to comment on that one. <laughs> um, everyone can use Wikipedia. Don't need to be smart over it. Okay. Um, but but, but it is it's the dimensions. Knowledge.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's the context and it's the dimension. And I think this is why, you know, this product right now, of course, in my heart, I believe is really important. Um, we're gonna take 1.4 trillion pieces of media this year. And they're gonna end up in a folder on a cloud somewhere or nowhere at all, on someone's phone or on their Facebook, and that's it. 1.8 billion pieces being put on social every single day. And there's the only place we're actually adding context and capturing the richness of the story is maybe a little bit social media. And that is not a, you know, any the, the purpose of that business is not to save your stories. Um, and so it ha- certainly has a time and place, but it is not what you're going to pull off the shelf in 20 years to show your kids. And there is so much like... I think we, our habits have changed so drastically for how we capture stories and how like my mom passed 15 years ago. We don't have a single recording of her voice. It kills me. I would love to hear her laugh just one more time. Um, mm-hmm. And so we have these habits that make it so that we capture these really rich stories we never used to capture in all these multidimensional ways. Um, and we have nowhere to put them. We have nothing that we're pulling off the shelf in 30 years, unless maybe we're the one or two percent that's really highly skilled in this space and actually is doing a lot of really manual work to make sure those things stay somewhere. You know, it, I mean, besides the obvious, is I think it's really important for all of us to know where we came from and what came before us and what comes after us and how those things are linked together. I just think there's some real beauty in there, but there's also a lot of research to say that like kids who know the, did you know, like where your grandparents grew up or where, you know, where your family histories actually grow up with a higher sense of self-esteem and resilience and, and social and academic awareness. And, you know, there's just, there's so much to say why these things are important. We have the habits and then we're not doing anything with it. So Until now. That's my, that's my quest.
2: And I, I'm with you all the way on that one. Um, So not so long ago, quite recently, you um, secured a hundred thousand dollars in seed funding.
0: I did my very first investment. And it was a angel forum competition here in Saskatchewan with Valhalla and uh, TNT out of Edmonton. And yeah, pretty exciting times.
2: No doubt. So, just explain to me: you've um, you established the company, you've self-funded yep. st- starting up. Um, you get to this stage, you've got the seed funding. How does the dynamic in your mind work with the responsibilities that come with that seed funding?
0: Yeah, it's an excellent question. And I'm still probably calibrating that in my brain uh, itself. You know, I. I'm someone who takes responsibility to others very seriously. Um, and, and so you, starting with, you have a concept and all of a sudden this CTO says, I'll come on board and I'll, I'll believe in your dream and help you build it. And then one more staff and then two more staff. And then someone says, I'll put my money down on this too. Um, it's, it it's humbling, because it validates that you're probably on the right track here. And you're not the only one who believes in the importance of this. But it also drives this like, I wake up earlier, and I want to go harder and faster, because I want to, I want to do well by the people who are with me on this journey, believing in this concept. And um, yeah, And so we're going to see, you're going to see some of that money. It's not going to change a ton of um, our human resource aspects. We've got a great team and, you know, we may add a bit to it, but really it'll drive how we market and how we tell people about this product because we want to get it. Speed to market is going to be important in this space. There's, you know, there's no one direct competitor that's really obvious, um, but there's lots of things I'm sure that are bubbling up. And so we want to invest in getting this to market and getting it in people's hands quickly
2: if you had um uh, from your from your pitch deck or from from just the narrative when you're speaking with other people the personal story of mm-hmm. why this is important you've already mentioned members of your family but how do you translate that when you're when you're in that pitch so here's where i'm going with this
0: mm-hmm.
2: we all have our personal story and our personal feelings how do you draw the line to make sure that you are telling a sincere story, that you don't go over the line where you're monetizing a personal story. It's a Mm -hmm. delicate balance. I've seen people go horribly wrong with it. And I've Mm -hmm. also seen it done very sympathetically and with empathy for the people involved in those stories. So how do you draw that balance?
0: Honestly, well, there's a couple of balances we're trying to draw there. One is um, in the fundamentals of how our product itself is built. Um, how secure it is, how many layers of security there is, how many choices you have on who sees it, and who contributes and whether you want password protections and all these things. We spent way more time building the back backend um, so that we could confidently say we are a safe place for your stories to be. Um, and that was really important to us. And the other thing that's really important to us is whether you're a free user or a paid user, these are your stories. You control the narrative, you control who sees them, but you also own them. And so we have for every piece of media, if you're an author of a memory keeper, you can download every piece of that media. You own it anytime. You go to the paid version and you decide to go back to free, you don't lose anything. Um, those are things that cost us a little bit more, but are right. And And we want to do this the right way because this is This is people's stories and people's lives. And it's important that we treat this um, with just a level of ethics that, you know, is high um so th- that's one way the other way is we're talking about stories that some of them are really fun and really playful and new kids and weddings and we've had some where people are doing like pep rallies for people who've had celebration and they haven't been able to be together anniversaries birthdays on the flip side we have people who are creating these for people who are going through cancer treatment who are on the early stages of uh memory loss in dementia, Alzheimer's, ALS, where people making, you know, stories to help people remember. Um, People are using them for funerals. And so, you know, there's this balance between playful and respectful. And we want to know that stories that are told at funerals can be just as playful and respectful and and rich and happy, but this has to be able to respect all the emotions because stories don't just stop with one of those emotions and all the phases of life. And that's a challenge from a marketing perspective, a branding perspective, you know, we're not just the the sad stories or the happy stories. We are where it all lands.
2: Okay, so let's, you know, benchmark, create today is the benchmark where you're at. Biz- in business terms, and you've got this opportunity to invest in marketing awareness growth, Yeah, where are you now? And where do you want to be in that 12 months, that two year, okay. etc? What's your growth plan?
0: Yeah, so we've got a couple stages and and phase one for me is kind of like the star and then the next one is the moon. Um, But phase one is that we want to get it in the hands of people. We want to hear from them, like, what do you wish it did? How do you wish it was better? Um, And we want to make sure that the foundation of the product is really good, but also that we're learning from the people who already do these things, who already are willing to capture a photo and, you know, say who was there and type a couple details about it. We want to learn from them how they tell really good stories digitally, because Thank you. the mm-hmm. cat in about 12 months, we're going to start investing in how do we automate this for everyone else? How do we make it so you, who maybe doesn't really have the time or the energy, um, use the metadata on a photo, your digital footprint, um, some sentiment analysis of the things you're saying and doing. The metadata on the photo, your digital footprint, some sentiment analysis from your texts or your reviews or things like that. We want to be able to take all that and automate the story so to get nine tenths of the way there. Because what we know about you users who are using even social, which is probably the more advanced of all the media capture people, um, that less than 20% of them have any sort of storage in place and less than 1% of those 20% have storage that includes context of any form. So phase one is we're going to get this in the hands of people who really care. Phase two is we're going to automate it for the people who are li- lazy but still care And so that it can plug into everything. And those people with 10,000 pictures in a folder on a cloud storage that they don't even know how to get to or where to find or who is there have a solution as well. That's the master plan.
2: I And I like that. Uh, in terms of the business, you've got the opportunity for user growth, membership growth, subscription, mm-hmm. however the model yeah. is titled or structured but then do you look at um uh, an element of this it may be in the plan it may not be in the plan but the conversion back from digital product to physical product so printed photos photo books storybooks is that part of this
0: yeah so right now actually we're probably by summer we'll be launching all these things so we have a couple things in place one physical memory conversion Um, so we have a partnership with someone in Saskatoon who we're just getting warmed up with. And then we have a national one that we're working on as well that can convert photos. Um, the national one then will be able to do videos and photos, both they convert into a memory keeper so that instead of it being grandma's basement, 10 grandkids can all have access to that. Um, and it's in digital format. And then on the flip side, on the other side of that, there's ancillary products such as, um, We've we've got some good products in the work with the the person we're working on a partnership with. That some of them are as simple as print books, um, but some of them are also some like QR code um, art where you you know scan it and you can hear the person's voice as well as the picture and things like that um, that just really honor the memory. And I. People want print books. I get that. But part of why we believe we exist is to be able to make your story richer than just a print book. It's multimedia. And so we are looking at more products that go like that. We have a digital card that we sell where you open it up and it's like a musical card, but it's a digital screen. And so there's a whole video that can play on it. So people have been using those for Memory Keeper. Um, putting the memory keepers on it and then the other piece that we have would be platform-based so right now we have two writers and we have two videographers that if you want actually i don't want to ask my parents these questions because they're not going to answer right or my kids or whatever we have people who can help do that for you and also people who could take your finished memory keeper product and make it into a really beautiful um, media piece so there's products and services
2: i am so excited by what you're doing um there are there are lines which are in parallel with the way i think and the way that i work in story capture beyond the written word beyond stills using video capturing cine um pulling in you know vhs and old audio files um i'm i i wish you nothing but the best for the future this is something that is that piece that if you don't know where you're you've come from you've don't really know where you're going and you you know stand on the shoulders of giants that's what family is to me that's you know the legacy piece and just moving the story forwards for the family and adding to that for the next generation i get it i love it i want Uh it um (laughs) jessica Thank you so much for joining us here on Startupville. Uh, if people want to find out more information about you, the entrepreneur and memory keeper, how could they do that?
0: Yeah, so there's a couple different ways, and thank you very much. Um, it's been a ton of fun. So they can visit memorykeeper.com. So that's memorykpr.com. Um, they can find us on any of the socials at with the same at memorykpr. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. So that's just Jessica McNaughton and, or you can, I'm answering most of the inquiries at LinkedIn and, uh, and our socials as well. And we love to talk to people. We are in that stage where we know we're getting better by watching what people do and what they want this product to do. So, um, please anyone who hears it and says, I have an idea, or I wonder if I could do this. Um, we would rather right now, especially myself, I'd rather drown myself in emails and phone calls and, uh, it's not work when you love it. So um, just the more people we talk to, the better I think we get.
2: Jessica, it's been an honor. Thank you for joining us here on Startupville.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
1: Startup Bill is brought to you by Innovation Place, helping grow the tech sector in Saskatchewan, Canada, and is produced in partnership with Martin Charlton Communications at wetellyourstories.ca. The show is produced by me, Mike Wolfsfeld, and our host, Dan Gould. Our theme music is from GG Riggs and Reactor Production. Learn more about us and our guests at innovationplacecom Phil and find us on Facebook and Twitter at Phil Pod. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us rise up the ranks. See you next time on Startup Hill.